Welcome. Thank you for joining us again. This week of the podcast, we're going to focus on career choice, using the action steps in this book to do so. We are going to use a career as a case study. Let's take a look at social work as a career. I have become friends with a few social workers and I want to give an insight into how to choose a career using the principle of compassion. Thank you for listening. I think I, no, I mean, my parents definitely instilled like compassion and empathy as like very, very important values, more so than like making a lot of money or having a lot of power. It was more about like caring for other people. Okay. So my name is Alexis Donovan. I'm a social worker working with immigrants in New York City. What attracted you to becoming a volunteer of the shelter? Um, I think primarily like knowing the gap that exists in housing in New York City, especially for asylum seekers. Um, At the time that I started at the shelter, I was a graduate student at Columbia getting my master's in social work. And, you know, the shelter is very close to the School of Social Work at Columbia. So I was I was told about it. And um, it was in line with what I was studying. Um, and it was kind of like a way for me to not just be reading and studying about like the immigrant experience in New York, but actually be able to help people that were going like that had that experience in a real like concrete way. How long have you been volunteering with us now? Almost four years, right? Um, a little over three years, I think. I think I started February 2017. Since you have been working as a volunteer, you have seen people come to our program and transition out of our program. What have been like something that have made you to continue to do this thing? in spite of like all the rhetoric against immigrants and all the challenges that this war pose? I mean, I think that, you know, just fundamentally, like when you see a real need like that, like housing and so little opportunities that exist for people to fill that need in a way that is like not cost prohibitive, not dangerous. Um, you want those, like that thing to succeed. So in RDJ, it's like the only one of very few opportunities people have to access housing that is the, the city's city shelter system. I think that's really important, especially for the population that RDJ generally works with, people who have likely experienced trauma, people who are perhaps running from previous persecution. So I think that when you see a program really providing such a needed service, you want you want it to be able to um, you want it to be sustainable. You want it to continue to exist because you see how much it really helps people. So I think that's why I've continued to volunteer just because I think that it just really does meet a need that is like just so great, especially here in the city. You are a case manager, and I've seen that so many uh, social workers are drawn to people who have survived trauma. Is there a correlation with what you study in school that make you become so empathetic towards people in need? I think that you have to have that interest first and then go into, like, I think you have to have that empathy for other people in order to even want to do social work to begin with, because it's just one of like the core foundations of the work. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, from what I've studied in school, I think it it kind of um, broadened my perspective of like the human experience in a lot of ways and like what it means to be a human and like what things people value, what things are 
important. So I think that's kind of what I got from schoolwork. Um, but I also get a lot of that in my in my job and in my volunteer work too. Okay. What made you decide to be a social worker? Knowing fully well that the, this job is very difficult to deal with the emotional trauma of people. Why did you still decide to do something like this and work in this field? I'm just curious to know. Mm-hmm. Well, when, before I went to grad school for social work, I was considering going to law school. And I was kind of in between becoming a lawyer and becoming a social worker. And I just wasn't sure. I knew that I wanted to work with people, with vulnerable populations, with people who had largely been left out of um, the conversation. And I think that I wasn't sure enough that I wanted to be a lawyer to go to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to be a social worker, try, kind of like have both of those things together. Both of what things? The... Like the, the humanitarian response aspect that is so ingrained within social work, but also in a legal setting, as opposed to like a medical setting or a school setting, something like that. So like in your experience, graduating from social work and now working as a case manager, if you had to give an advice to a young person that is trying to figure out a career, would you advise them to take a path like this? And why would you, why would you, why do you think it's important that people should also take a part that will involve the humanitarian aspects? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it depends on what people want. Like, I, I wouldn't advise everybody to do this because I don't think everybody would like it. Um, but if people are considering this sort of career, I would say, I think that like we are all constantly on this spectrum. Like we can all be, like I could be experiencing any of the things that my clients experience at any time, right? I could experience food insecurity, homelessness. Like I'm, I haven't yet, but we are all, you know, one decision away or one crisis away from potentially experiencing those things. So I think that it's important to, to give, like if you aren't that if you are in a position to give and to help I think it's our it's kind of like a responsibility because I mean even if you think of it in a selfish way like at some point you might need that help right so Mm -hmm. I think that's how I think about it like I'm in the position to help now so I feel like that it's my responsibility to do that but there might be a time that I'm on the other side you know did you grow up this way or there's a point in your life you just become so compassionate I think I no I mean my parents definitely instilled like compassion and empathy as like very, very important values, more so than like making a lot of money or having a lot of power. It was more about like caring for other people. You know, I grew up very, very poor. Like we didn't have electricity. We didn't have a good uh, lavatory system. It was difficult for me to go to school. And I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. When Mm -hmm. I graduated from college, People call me a coward for choosing to be a humanitarian to fight for the rights of people. People are like, oh, you're the first person in your family to have a college degree. Why waste the money and effort in trying to help other people? Oh, and wow. there's this, <laughs> it's true. And there's this thing that always is at the front of my mind. It said, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate action of its members. Coretta Scott King. And this is the quote I live by. It's like, we, mm-hmm. cannot, we cannot build a society whereby we care only about ourselves and we don't think about how we can support other people in need. Yeah. And living through my life, I have seen that helping people helps me also. My life has become more richer because there are more people that have been added to my life, my network, community. And doing this job 
has taught me that I don't need anything to succeed in life except good friendship. Mm -hmm. I go to places. I went to Canada, California, Boston, Connecticut, Denver. I don't pay for hotel. People say, oh, Edafe is coming. Give him a place to stay. So when you give, you receive. But you know, at the beginning of developing this mentality, it's like very difficult shift from money, money, money to compassion. Mm -hmm. I think, but COVID-19 has given us an opportunity to rethink how we live. So now that uh, that the world is in crisis about everybody, uh, almost about everybody in the world needs help. If you have a message to tell people as a social worker who have been helping people to comfort them, what would you say to them? To comfort them? Yeah. Um, I don't know because, I mean, I think what we're dealing with now is something really like, there's no protocol, right? There's no, we can't really, yeah, we can't really, like, there's no example to look to. So we're just kind of improvising as we go. And I think, I mean, I, I don't know, I think it, it could be comforting to know that every single other person virtually is also feeling anxious, lonely, nervous. Um, so I think that there's value in recognizing that like you're not alone in feeling what you're feeling and it's normal given what we're going through, but it is hard. Thank you very much for joining us. This podcast is a companion to my upcoming book, Compassion is What More. Please leave us a review on iTunes it helped the show to be discovered by new listeners. And it's a good thing to do as we try to spread the message of compassion. I'll see you next time.